Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula, Bobby Maximus, and in the background, as always, the one known only as Babu. Today, our sponsors are 10,000, T-E-N-T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D dot C-C. Go there, get yourself some shirts, some shorts, some socks, some compression tights, stuff that uh, feels good, looks good, and will make you look jacked. Also, check out Lalo Tactical, www.lalo.com. Go there, get yourself a pair of Maximus shoes or get yourself a pair of Grinders, Bloodbirds, or Zodiacs. Right now, they're 50% off. The code is Maximus50. Joe. Yes, sir. How are you uh, coping with this quarantine stuff? Oh, I've about had it with it. There's just, there's, uh, I've had enough. Let's move on. (laughs) Well, tell, tell me, this actually might be an interesting topic for today. Tell me why you've had enough. Like, where does it? Because I, I, Cause I I'm not, like, I'm not a homebody, Bobby. I like to be busy. I've, I've been building my business. I've been trying to grow things over at, at at my my job, and it's all just done now. Like, it's just done. So I'm not excited about the the prospect of heading back to work and not knowing, you know, what the market's going to look like. You know, people were were hungry before. They were buying training. They were they were eager to work with me. And now I'm in this place where I just can't really do any of that. So I feel like a lot of energy was wasted and there's really nothing I can do about it right now. And so I'm like sitting at home waiting for the next thing, watching the uh, the travesty that is our president trying to figure this thing out. Uh, I'm just done with it. Like I'm ready to move on to the next thing, but it looks like we're going to be here for a while. So, you know, trying to find ways to, uh, to stay productive in the meantime. Uh, but you know, struggling to, uh, to what is the word I'm I'm looking for? I'm, I'm I'm sort of a severe workaholic. And so I'm struggling for ways to stay busy and feel productive. So that's kind of where I'm at. So it's more of the psychological then. I think so, um, yeah. yeah. say more than anything. I, I think it's an interesting topic because I, I see this from a lot of different sides. Like like for me, if I got laid off from my job and I didn't know how I was going to make money, I'd be scared shitless. Mm-hmm. I get that. And, and, and I can empathize. Um, for me, because a lot of my stuff has been based on media, I just have to adapt. And once I was able to wrap my head around that, I think I'll be just fine, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have some stuff to worry about, like the gym. Like I can't open the gym right now. Yeah. And so I don't know what's going to happen to that. I've got to think about long-term things. Like I was you know, talking to somebody the other day. Do I have an act of God clause in my lease? Like yeah. is there something that allows me to get out of my lease? Because we might not be going back there for a while. And so yeah. I've got worries, but I'm trying to pivot my business. Um but when I hear people say that they're bored, we did a podcast on that yesterday, mm-hmm. or when I hear people say their fitness is going to suffer, I really have a hard time empathizing because I just don't get it. If you have nothing else to do, you can train all damn day every day. Yeah. And that, and that's There's kind of no kind of where I've been. I've been practicing guitar a lot more. I've been working on a lot of the the online stuff, but I'm I'm sort of in this limbo between having a job and and trying to build a, a thing outside of that like i don't want to cross those lines you know what i mean so it's just yep. complicated for me to to figure out how i'm going to progress and how i'm going to work on things um people have asked me like oh you know what shows are you watching like i haven't had time to watch shows like don't get me wrong i'm staying busy i'm just trying to find ways to keep that way you know what i mean 
here yet. And I think a lot of it's perspective too, right? Like yeah. it's, it's funny. If you would have spoke at one point in your life, you would have been psyched about this to have all this time to do stuff. Yeah. But now it's, 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 it's a little different. Um, one of the things I would love to get into because we didn't really plan this either. We're just pumping out content for people, which I think is important. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things you're talking about is like, you don't know what to do. Let's just record a podcast every day, whether we know what we're going to talk about or not. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like one of the reasons that we're really close and one of the reasons we've remained good friends is every time we talk, I leave something with it. Like leave the conversation feeling better about things. Well, let's be honest. Like most, most of the episodes we've done for the podcast have stemmed from a conversation you and I had leading up to it where it's like, gosh, we should record this. Okay. That's a topic for another podcast. No. And and sometimes I wish we did record just the initial conversation because it went so much better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's been times that then it sounds forced and we have to talk about it. But one of the things I want to talk about, about handling today's situation is I'm hearing a lot of people talking about hoping and praying. Mm-hmm. And I think it's bullshit. No, right? I, feel, I feel that. But I I had this, I, I was thinking about this a little bit too, because that that's always the thing, you know, like, oh, sending prayers, sending prayers. Well, Prayers aren't going to magically fix anything. You know what I mean? Like you pray your, your heart away, but like God's going to do what God wants to do. Your prayers ain't going to change him. But what I think happens when you pray is it's, it's the internal stuff. Like I can't fix the world right now, but if I can sit quietly for a while and start wrapping my mind around things and start, you know, digging into like, well, what really is the outcome that I would hope for? What am I really, you know, who, who are the people involved? What do I care about? Like you start changing internally. And so I would say that's that's what the prayer achieves. It doesn't change the world. It changes you in relation to the world. Do you think that's how most people take it, though? Because No, tell, not at I, all. I think everybody's people, looking for like, you know, Jesus is going to come down on his magic cloud and in his, you know, pixie dust and just make the world a happy, kind, lo- loving place all of a sudden. I, I just don't think that's in the cards. My my grandma had an amazing saying that I loved. Um, and my grandma is one of those. You'll get you'll get this because you're Catholic. She's a hardened old Catholic lady. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, the old Italian she Catholic. She doesn't believe in like, first of all, in her hierarchy, Mother Mary ranks above Jesus. Um, yeah. I asked her I asked her about this one day and I said, Grandma, how does that work? Like I thought Jesus was like the guy like this. She goes, <laughs> if you want to ask a punk kid to get something done, who do you need to go to? Sorry, that's, that's the way I look at it too. It's like if, if I'm like, "Hey, Bobby, can can I borrow your PlayStation?" and you're like, "Hell no!" I would go to your mom. I'd be like, "Hey, can you like you know? I want to borrow Bobby's PlayStation." And then she'd come down on you and be like, "Robert, you are going to make your you're going to share your PlayStation with your friend." But I go, Grandma, did you just call? Did you just call Jesus a punk kid? Yes, you go to Mary, Mother Mary. Why do you think I say my rosary? Like, okay, Grandma, I'm sorry. You're probably right on this. <laughs> But like Mary, you know, she's got this vision in heaven of Mary sorting Jesus out somehow, yeah. right? Like Jesus is getting out of line. He's getting a little bit flippant, <laughs> a little bit repulsive, a little bit mouthy. And Mary's got to come down and just smack him. Wow, Grandma, that's a little hard, but okay. But she used to have this thing that that God only helps people that get off their damn knees and help themselves. Mm-hmm. All right. That, that makes sense. Like just clutching your hands and praying is not – a plan. No. Hope is not a plan either. Mm-hmm. Like you can hope all you want, but it's not going to happen with without hard work. It's kind of like that uh I think the great lie in society Joe is what we tell our kids. You can be anything you want to be. Mhm. We all that's not true. Yeah. There's a big missing part to that equation. So you go tell Jojo, "Hey Jojo, you can be anything you want to be." That's a great sentiment. 
but you forgot the main part. The main part is if you work hard enough, if you're willing to sacrifice enough and you're willing to do every single thing it takes, then you can be whatever you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was, I was laughing. So I, I, I think I sent you the picture. You remember those old, old school motivational memes? Oh yeah. I would say like motivation and there's a picture of an eagle flying and underneath it has some quote. Yeah. The little, little beans, kitten hanging right? from the branch, like hang in there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Perseverance. Right. Yeah. So they're usually on the, like teacher's walls. Beans told me, he goes, dad, I can be anything I want to be. Right. And I showed him a picture of one that said perseverance. And it was a picture of French fries and underneath <laughs> it's not everyone gets to be an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, he goes, what What does that mean, Dad? I go, you might be working. If you don't sort yourself out, you're going to be working the fry line at McDonald's. I don't think he understood exactly the lesson I was trying to teach him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm actually going to start putting them up. Uh, I'm going to start putting them up every Monday for Motivation Monday and just see what people say. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite my, one of my favorite things on the internet is when it's uh, it's motivational quotes, but they're over pictures of people drinking. Those crack me up every freaking time. Yep. Like when you think that about quitting, think about why you started. It's like a picture of a guy like with his hand on his forehead and a drink in his hand. <laughs> like, yeah, I love those. But um, that that's a great line. So hope I don't think is a plan. You can't just no. go out on hope. No. Um, but then the other thing is everyone says you've got to take action. But I also think that's a bad plan, Joe, because what happens if you take the wrong action? Like I don't think for you in the situation you're in, you can't just go do all kinds of stuff and hope it works. I think what people really need to do, if you listen to this and you are stuck, you can't just act. You need a damn plan. Mm-hmm. And so I want to focus more on adapting and how to adapt than actually just taking action. You know, I'm, I'm looking at my own business. Okay. If I can't train anybody face to face anymore, how do I adapt what I do? Well, I, I'm going to say there's two ways to go about this. Like one is, is what you're kind of preaching against here, which is just throwing a bunch of mud on the wall and waiting to see what sticks. Like sometimes that works. Sometimes you're just like, I don't really know what the solution is. So I'm just going to try a whole bunch of shit. And then whatever seems to work, I'm going to focus more on that. And like you can develop a plan out of that, but it's really a haphazard way around it. I think having a good plan and knowing what's worked in the past and looking at at the the information you have available and try to like extrapolate some sort of effective means of, of, of managing yourself is a better route. But then the the pitfall of that is the uh, you know paralysis by analysis, where now you're overthinking and you're not doing anything at all. So there's got to be some yeah. middle ground there, is what I think we're all looking for. Like I don't need yeah, a, I don't need sure. like a perfect plan to start taking action, but I need a plan, you know. But, but, but you can't just like do anything. Yeah. Like I can't just sit around. On the one hand, I can't sit around and complain. My gym is closed. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not going to help anybody. No. Like I got to figure out how do I, how do I, and, and so I'll tell you what I did, Joe. I actually lent equipment to members. Sure. Yeah. That was one of the ways I could take action. I am training every single one of them online. Mm-hmm. That's a way I can take action. Um, I am offering them other support. Uh, my course, Maximus Mindset, uh, which you can find at MaximusMindset.com. I gave them that course as like a value add, yeah. something that, that that's worth you know hundreds of dollars that they could have. I'm not just simply 
shutting my doors and halting memberships. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a good plan. You know what I'm saying? So there's there's a way that I'm trying to adapt my business plan. And who knows if this works? Maybe that's what I do. Maybe people sign up with me and they get an equipment package to home and I just do the online thing. Yeah. But but let me let me, you know, spin spin you 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 another way. One of the things that that I know about you and, and love about you and respect about you is how much you like working with people one on one. That's like your passion. Um, I always love when you tell me stories about you met a 65 year old at the club that really needed help and couldn't squat. And you were helping them and showing them they could. And they, I think that fills your buckets. Yeah, it does. You also. You also have a ton of certifications and, mm-hmm. and you're, you're as good at helping people as anyone I've ever met. Um, one of the reasons like, like, you know, you probably held on to your CrossFit gym eight years longer than you should have because of how much you loved working with people individually. Yeah. Right. I so, mean, yeah, so this I, is, this <laughs> is affecting you. Sure. But you know, it's wrapping your head around, I think, helping people online. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a lot of people who, who, who would want to work online with you. I would want to want to spend time. So now how do you adapt your business model to do it online? And I, I think on a global scale, I think you're going to see that a lot. Businesses are going to have to change what they're doing. You know, um, yeah, the, I, I, I'm, I'm really like trying to internalize what you're saying here, because it, I mean, it's been something that's been on my mind. You know, the way that that I assess people, the way that I coach them one on one. And it gives me ideas of like, well, maybe what I what I need to be doing isn't what I've been doing. You know what I mean? Like like maybe the the, the plans that I've been offering people, maybe that's not what I should be like. Maybe now is the time to really innovate and say, what is what is really intensive online personal training really look like? You know, like, can I can I just sit with somebody and take them through like a, a movement assessment over, over, I don't know, Zoom or Skype or what have you, where I can actually just see them move and start making corrections. Because I feel like a lot of the online stuff, it's like, yeah, I'll send you a program and then there you go. And and I try to do a lot with video. I try to have my clients send me you know videos of them doing at least the main lifts. But I don't know, maybe there's, maybe there's uh, something I got to look into is doing a little bit more intensive, a little bit more base level stuff because no, that's what I'm really, really in, in good at. <laughs> Yeah, talking to people on the phone every day, inspiring mm-hmm. them, leading people, like stuff like that. Because what happens if your thing that you love to do is taken away? Like if you're if you're if you're a dentist and you just love being a dentist and then you can't be a dentist anymore, what the hell do you do? Yeah. You gotta figure something, something out, you know. Um, and the reason I say that is is actually like why I've been having these thoughts is online shopping. Because I'll tell you, hey, hey buddy, how are you? <laughs> you want to be on the podcast again? He's, he's the producer. He's like, no, 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 cut, cut, cut. What are you yeah. talking about? This is, what this is off home. brand. <laughs> Kick him out. Um, but here's here's the deal, Joe. I ordered stuff from Costco online the other day for the first time ever. Yeah. Toilet paper, mm-hmm. paper towels, uh, uh, some wipes for the baby. Some dishwasher detergent because um, we drove by to just do our normal run and it is lined up like crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. What, what I'm interested in is how much this is going to change business because I'm a person that's never ordered that stuff online before because like, I just go to the store and grab it. Mm-hmm. And I'm old enough to remember when you had to go to the store and do it. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, local things, if I want something from the local shop. I just wait to go get it. But I didn't realize Amazon delivers groceries to people now from Whole Foods. Yeah. 
get them to your door. So now that we're trying this stuff out because we're really trying to practice the social isolation thing, I'm discovering how easy and how cool it is and how convenient it is. And it actually saves me money. Yeah. So I'm experiencing that. I wonder how many millions of people in America are experiencing that now as well. And how this is going to change commerce as we know it, because what if everyone's got to order stuff online for six months? Like the whole brick and mortar thing might go away. Yeah, this is true. Not fully, because I think there will always be room for the human experience. But I think I, th- I think on a on a bigger level, if you look at how the world has been going online, and and you're interesting, your age because you've lived through both. You've mm. been there. You didn't have a cell phone. Yeah. You've been there when when you want to take a girl on a date. You had to call her house, and her dad picked up the phone. Hello, <laughs> young man. Who are you? Be? I am Joseph Mula. Your daughter is beautiful and I'll treat her with respect. Like <laughs> that kind of like, you know. That's so weird. Him. That's exactly what I sounded like in junior high. It was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> depends who the dad was, right? Like if it was one of those scary dads that was going to murder you, that's how you spoke. But um, the and you try to man up and give him a handshake and he would crush your hand just to show you who the boss was. Mm-hmm. But um there's there's that like you know you used to have to do that and then there was the other thing of if you wanted to meet somebody at the movie theater you had to be on time yeah well, I, I was I was thinking of that the other day it was like geez how did we freaking manage where it was just yep. like oh you know uh, I'll meet you at such and such a restaurant at seven o'clock and it's like they you better be there because if, you, if someone didn't show up it's like oh my god were they like in a ditch somewhere like what's going on you had no way to contact them. And then now that's become an excuse for all kinds of people to say, sorry, running 10 minutes behind yeah. and you just send a text message. because It's easy. Right. Yep. Um, so I think in ways it's made the world worse, but at the same time you used to have to go everywhere to buy stuff. And now you can do it all through the mail. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll tell you an experience we had with 10,000. Um, cause you got a bunch of other stuff as well. Mm-hmm. I would have never bought clothing in the mail. Just wouldn't because yeah. I want to try it on. Mm-hmm. I want to see how it fits. I want to look at it. I want to – I got to tell you, I don't know how your unboxing experience was, but it's beautiful packaging. It's unreal. When, nice. when I when – I, and I, I mean this is – it's like, OK, I bought a shirt. Like, OK, cool. But like the box is super nice and like you open the box and it's like wrapped in this little special bag and you're just like, ooh, like this is special. <laughs> yeah, it's been a scene on your front door, right? Yeah. So now – I don't know if I would go to the store to buy stuff. Like mm-hmm. I would just, just, and they've got a return label in there and it's super easy to deal with. And, and so my point is, is, is all these companies that are out there, how are they going to adapt? Because this is going to change the way people do business. And I don't think we even have an idea of how deep that's going to be. Yeah. You know? Um, and so my, my thing for the individual, like in terms of if this topic is called adapting, then, um, and I'm trying to have to adapt to this podcast right now because I have a three-year-old monkey child climbing all over me. Yeah, gotta he, go. he, he takes after his father. He does. Um, <laughs> but he is climbing all over me. You gotta sit nice. Okay, buddy. Dad's working. Can you sit? And then we'll play later. All right, Joe, we are in a full on WWE. <laughs> and I can't blame anybody because this is happens when your son is raised watching Mortal Kombat at Jiu Jitsu and Taekwondo. Yeah. It's like yeah. I can't I can't get mad at him. This is just who he is. <laughs> but um what I was gonna say was like there's a lot of companies out there that are gonna have to adapt. 
Otherwise, they're going to die, right? Like they're going to – or what do you just – Well, here, I mean honestly, like I think a lot of companies are in some deep trouble. I think a lot of them aren't going to be able to adapt and aren't going to find a way. And the ones who do are going to like spark the new economy. You know? Yeah, for sure. But they're going to have to change what they do. So my my thing with adapting is you're sitting at home. Do you have the opportunity? Can you just go to business, Joe? I mean, yeah, that's always an option, right? Okay, no. Let me let me be more clear. <laughs> let me be more clear. The world's changing. You're gonna be you're gonna be trapped inside for the rest of your life. You're never gonna be able to go out. You don't know what you're gonna do for food. You you got a choice, like going out of business. You put a gun to your head, or mm-hmm. you fucking get get doing something. Yeah, yeah. It's my point. Like going out of business is a weird thing where you go bankrupt and you're done, and you close the doors and you move on to the next venture of your life. Mm-hmm. But you can't go to the business of living. No, no. So, like, my question to all the people out there is what what I'm actually really interested from a social psychology standpoint, I have a psychology degree, but how are people going to adapt to this? That's what I'm interested in. Well, I, what I'm really looking forward to is when this thing is, is kind of behind us and watching how it changes or, or, or doesn't change the world. Like what, how does it affect people? How does it affect people's psyche a year from now, 10 years from now? You know, when we're looking back at this, like what does it change about the world? Because that's what's really interesting to me. Unfortunately f- for me, that's a ways off. Like we got to get through this current moment. Um, and so what, what people are doing now is interesting to me, like, especially cause a, a lot of my interactions online are with people in the fitness industry, right? Like I, I deal with a lot of trainers, a lot of coaches, a lot of people who run gyms. Um, and it just seems like everybody's kind of finding ways and what seems to be working for one person, other people try it out in like a couple different iterations. So it, it's like an evolution, you know, like uh, uh, I think people misunderstand uh, the the way that evolution works a lot. Um, and, and I forget where the story came from. I feel like I heard it from Rob Wolf, but it was about the nozzles that they use to make powdered detergents. Okay. And it's like there's a like a big bell shaped thing. It's huge, like size of a building. And at the top of it, there's like this nozzle and they spray the liquid into the nozzle and it coats the outside or the inside of this big bell shaped thing. And as it dries, it, it turns into powder and then they just sweep it into the boxes. And that's how you make powdered detergent. So the question is like, what kind of nozzle do you put up there to make sure that you're maximizing the amount of detergent that you're getting? And so they hired a bunch of people to, uh, to like invent this nozzle and they used everything they knew about like fluid dynamics and physics. And they came up with a nozzle and it didn't work. And it was like, according to everything we understand, this should be the design, but it didn't work. And so what they did is they just did like 10 variations of that design, tried them all out, took the one that was the best, did 10 variations of that design tried them out, took the one that was the best. And so over a series of generations, they came up with a nozzle that's actually the one that everybody uses today. And so I'm looking at this from like a societal standpoint, from a business standpoint, it's like somebody does an idea. They're like, hey, we're going to try this uh, online group fitness thing. And now I've seen that done five or six different ways, different size groups, different setups, different marketing plans. And everybody's just kind of watching and waiting and trying to figure out, like, you know, how, how do I adapt to that? Like, is that something that's going to work or is that just a complete waste of effort? And so it's very interesting to me just to, to, to watch our industry sort of adapt to what's what's going on, you know, where we're like, think of a CrossFit gym where the big advantage that they had was that it was small groups, that it was very you know, personal 
very, very much like a, like personal training, one coach, one client, but it might be one coach and, and five or six clients, you know, and now the gym's closed. Like, how do you yeah. maintain that business model? Like, does that still have value or is that just going to go away now? So this, this, and maybe, maybe I'm mistaken our conversation. This reminds me of a story you told me though. Uh, it was earlier on in one of our podcasts. I, I, I think, sorry if I'm getting you confused with somebody else, but I feel like you were talking about a product. It's a very common product. I, I want to say chewing gum or, or something like that. Um, or some type of cleaning supply that was made for something completely different and it turned out to have a completely different use. Oh, that stuff happens all the time. I mean, that's like where Silly Putty came from. They were trying to make uh, uh, Jeep tires. They were trying to find a new rubber and the guy's just like, oh, hey, this stuff's kind of fun. And it turned into like a million dollar enterprise. Yeah, and that's what they turned it out to be in the thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, now that, that's an interesting point. Because, I mean, here we all are like trying to invent the next big thing. And and there's no room in this for like serendipity. You know what I mean? Because that might be the thing. Somebody might just be like, ah, oh, this is all stupid. I'm just going to try this one thing. And all of a sudden, that's the hip new thing. And, and it's a whole new enterprise. I mean, that could happen too. But that's yeah. an interesting thing to think about. Well, here's, here's just some examples. I actually Googled this. Mm-hmm. Text messages were originally developed by cell phone carriers to let customers know about problems with their networks. No one anticipated people would discover and then use them to send messages to each other. In fact, the unintended use of texting caught on so quickly, most carriers didn't have systems in place to charge your customers. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Kleenex. Kleenex started out life as a disposable towel used to take makeup off. Huh. Unintended use started in 1926 after the manufacturer received tons of customer feedback indicating that most people were using the product to blow their noses. (laughs) They started advertising it and it doubled their sales. Yeah! Wow! Look at that. So, do you do you know what WD stands for in WD forty? Uh, water displacement, isn't it? Yep. Water displacement fortieth attempt mm-hmm. um, was designed with the intent of displacing and repealing standing water in order to prevent corrosion in nuclear missiles. Just just so you know, WD forty is the only essential oil that I need. Yep. Rogaine was used as a as a drug to treat high blood pressure, hmm. right? Um, bag balm was used to soothe irritated cow's udders, mm-hmm. but now we use them on babies. Um, Play-Doh was a wallpaper cleaner in the 30s. Wow, okay. And, and the story goes that children in a nursery school in Cincinnati began using the product to make Christmas ornaments. Huh. Uh, the, oh, here we go. Vibram Five Fingers. This is going to be good. These thin, flexible shoes mimic the shape of human foot, including individual toes. They were conceived of as a way for yacht racers to maintain their footing on the deck of a boat without completely leaving behind the freedom of being barefoot. However, because of its minimal padding, um, it ultimately, you know, you got used for people in the barefoot running community. And these are just a few examples, but there's always examples of stuff like this where you had to adapt as a company. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so it's, it's an interesting thing to me that like some of your favorite things, Oh, Coca-Cola started out as a cure for morphine addiction. You know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know what used to be in Coke? Have you ever looked at the original recipe? Yeah. Listerine 
was originally, oh my God, this is too good. This is from the business insider. Listerine originally was marketed as a floor cleaner and a cure for gonorrhea. Wow. (laughs) All right. So quick, quick aside, because I've got a great Listerine story. This is when uh, uh, I was in Vancouver for the, uh, the World Gumbo Championships. So I was up there. I met the uh, the national team from Korea, the national team from Russia. We had a team from China was there. And I was like the liaison between all these different groups. And and so the tournament was a weekend. It was like a, a Saturday, Sunday tournament. And then everybody, since they were traveling all around the world, decided they were going to spend like the rest of that week in Vancouver. And so that's what we all did. And so like Monday, it's like, hey, what do you guys want to do? I don't know. Let's go to the zoo. So, OK, I got to find out how to get all these people on a bus, make sure everybody's got exact change, get them to the zoo, what have you. Well, one of the days we decided we were just going to take an afternoon and go like into Vancouver proper and just do some sightseeing and some shopping. And so I'm there. I got two of these Korean guys. They don't they barely speak a lick of English. Right. And we're in this uh, uh, an old album store, like an old music store that had like CDs and, and LPs and stuff like all on display. And so these these Koreans are just kind of flipping through, looking at all the different music. Uh, and this bum walks in off the street and he is drinking Listerine. And I'm not talking about the green Listerine. I'm talking about the yellow, really nasty Listerine. And he was yep. drinking it straight out of the bottle. You could smell the guy before you even realized he was there. It was so strong. And he was just out of his mind, just mumbling at these Koreans. And they were trying to be very nice, but he was really clinging to them like they were best friends. And eventually the guy that owned the store had to grab this bum and toss him out. And it was one of the funniest moments of that whole trip because they were just like, what the hell is going on? And then the communication was bad because even if they could speak perfect English, the dude was so out of his gourd, like words were not landing on him. But the the shop owner was just like, was trying to talk to the guy. He's like, are you drinking Listerine? Are you goddamn out of your mind? What is wrong with you? I don't know. That's the state that man was in. But you know, you know, you know, it's interesting to me and it reminds me of a motivational slogan or story, if you will. Who's the most motivated human on the planet, Joe? I don't know. You tell me. A crack addict. Oh, sure. Yeah. OK. You'll never hear a, you know, you'll never hear a crack addict say, <laughs> I don't. I, <laughs> this is so horrible, but I don't have any money. I guess I'm not smoking crack today. Yeah. You, that crack addict will do. He will find a way to get that money. That is very true. They're they're not like lying in bed going like, gosh, I'd really like to get up and smoke crack, but my bed is so cozy. <laughs> yeah, no, you are motivated to get it done. So <sighs> so I wanna I wanna like make a t shirt that says be the crack addict. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it's time. It's go time. You got to get. You got to get yourself. Uh, like, it is on. But my my point to that is, and I suppose we could wrap the podcast up with this at some point. Is like all these companies that that had to adapt. I was reading about how Seven Up was originally a mood enhancing drug and had lithium. Mm-hmm. That's what it was made for. And so you see all these like companies that are huge that sell these things. I mean, you Google this stuff, just Google unintended use for products. There's story after story after story about these people that had to adapt. And there's companies that are going to have are going to have to adapt now. But how are you going to adapt, Joe? Like the, the listener at home, how are you going to adapt? Yeah. Like if you have to be inside for the next year, how are you going to deal with that? Because that that might be the reality. It might only be two weeks. It might be three weeks. It might be a month. But if this changes your life, if you lost your job, if you've been laid off, if you don't know what you're going to do, you don't know what the career that you're in is now dead in the water. 
how are you going to adapt and how are you going to overcome? Yeah. And, and like I said, I'd rather people focus on not just taking action, not not just hoping and praying and, and wishing and all this stuff, but how are you going to adapt your life and your business to suit the current circumstance? Because you can't just sit around and say, this is going to suck. Well, you know, you actually can if you want to be miserable. But but my thing is, is like, how am I going to adapt to what's going to happen now? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that's the beauty of the human being. Human beings have been able to adapt to stuff forever. Right. Like. You, we're going to have to figure it out. And so that's what, uh, that's what I'd like, you know, the message of this to be, to start thinking of ways that you're going to adapt to the current world and your current life and what you're going to do about it. And that, mm-hmm. and that can be across the board. Like your relationships might have to change. The way you do podcasts might have to change. Like we're, we're our kids are around all the time now. We can't get away from them. Yeah. Okay. It, 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 we're going to have to adapt. Um, how are we going to broadcast the podcast? Uh, I mean, what would happen if the internet got that laid down? What would we do? Like, you'd have to figure out something because you can't just, unless you want to offer you know, yourself. I got, I got the answer to that. You, you and I, to do our podcast with the internet down, is you would call my phone. I'll record you right on my phone, right? And then what we'll have to do is start printing like CDs of the podcast and mail them to all our listeners. I feel like somebody's done that already. Like twenty. <laughs> Um, or, or you could move to Salt Lake City and we could start a cult, kind of yeah. like in The Walking Dead. Who's yeah. that Negan, the bad guy? I want to uh-huh. be like Negan. <laughs> I want to take care of business. Um, you know, that sounds actually kind of fun to me. But the, no, for real, though, but you've got to adapt to the situation. You can't just be, this is going to suck. What am I going to do? Yeah. Unless, like I said, you're ready to give up on life. Mm-hmm. So. And, and even me, Joe, like, like as, as, as put together as I seem, I have moments of fear. I have moments I don't know what I'm going to do. I have moments where I'm like panicked a little bit, but I, I got to bring it back. I got to go through my, my fear module, the, the cycle of behavior that, that Tony Blauer um, teaches. And if you want to hear about that, he's on a couple of the podcasts, 70 and 71, I think. But I want to go through that and figure out, okay, what can I do to adapt to this current situation? Because isn't his stuff all about adaptation? I mean, really, it is. You know, it's just – Here's a situation. I need to adapt to this. Oh, maybe that's a good reminder, you know, because the, the, the formula is to, to accept your current circumstances, right, to get challenged by them as opposed to being threatened by them. And then, you know, keep thinking. Yep. You don't just you don't just like you said, you don't just start taking action with no plan. Like you, you keep thinking. And as as different things are working, you start adapting to those things, too. So that the situation is, is never static. So no. act, A-C-T, that's accept your circumstances, get challenged, and keep thinking. Sorry, Joe, I'm, I'm staring at a kid with Batman underwear and a Batman mask off staring at me. He's got, he's got his plan. He knows what's happening. He's like, you're going to start a cult, Dad. I'm ready. <laughs> Batman mask that changes his voice to an adult and he says stuff at me. This ends now, babe. I am the night. You cannot hide from me. You can hide from me. I'm not the one wearing hockey pants. <laughs> Batman mask and it changes his voice to like an angry man's voice. Oh, that's funny. It's really funny. But um, back back to the thing. Is it's like, yeah, like you got to act and assess. So, so in Tony Blower's terms, like someone's coming towards you with a Belikov and a bat. What do you do? Like you got to assess. I, I don't have a weapon. I've only been trained to fight with a weapon. What do I do? I don't have a weapon. Well, you can let the guy bash your head in with a bat or you can start acting. Yeah. 
you know, or adapting to the situation. So you got to, um, you know, figure that out. We were talking, I think it was you I was talking to about if, if America tried to take over Tennessee, how that would look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 well, this is this is actually I've been going back and forth with my sister about the the classic film Red Dawn, and in that movie, like the Soviets, you know, started taking over the U.S. And so you've got these kids that have to run out in the wilderness and you know develop their little guerrilla warfare system. Um, but that's been been a lot of those jokes of just like what you know what what would you do? Like how would you even like take over Middle Wisconsin? Where literally people have bunkers filled with guns, you know, you yep. can't you can't just like march into this small town and be like, all right, everybody line up, we're going to stick you on the train. It's like, no, 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 no. You got like farmers that have dug in and have trenches that are like <laughs> they're, yeah, they're ready for you. <laughs> there's actually a group I've, I've worked a lot with tier one military asset groups. There's a group that's dedicated to that joke called asymmetric warfare group. Mm hmm. And, and, and in a nutshell, it's about like, OK, you got one army with guns and rockets, another army with rocks. The people with the rocks will figure out how to fight the people with the guns and the rockets. Yeah, yeah. They'll figure out a way. And we've been through this again and again and again in history. Yeah. Like just all right. And, and the more limited people are, it's crazy the ways they figure out to adapt. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just it, it's why that. That, that traditionally, like there was problems in Bosnia and Serbia with this. There was problems in Afghanistan with this, Vietnam with this. Like it's hard to just uh, uh, deal with people because of their ability to adapt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless you're unless you're Justin Trudeau. Yeah. <laughs> just, just tell it how it is. Well, no, but I, I love that. I want to I put this on the podcast because it makes me so happy. And, and for anyone that has read this, you'll know you'll know um, what this is. But Justin Trudeau came out of speech and he said, "Enough is enough. We would prefer you to stay at home by yourself. We would prefer not to have to force you to. But either you you know you're going to stay at home by yourself, or we're going to be forced to take some measures." <laughs> That's a very polite Canadian way of saying, "Stay the fuck inside, or y'all are going to be in a massive timeout, and shit's going to get real bad." <laughs> Like, oh, my God, because I read it and it sounds so nice. And my instant reaction was like, oh, no, that's serious. Yeah. yeah. Someone, you know, someone's this about is, to get in the line. Yeah. This is a Canadian who is not playing around anymore. This is how it yeah. goes. <laughs> it's it's kind of like it's kind of like when you talk to your kid and say, hey, listen, Jojo, you can go up to, you know, to bed by yourself. And that's what dad would really like. You know, you don't want to choose to not go to bed by yourself because that might be really bad. So you need to pick. I'm hoping you pick the first choice. It reminds me of how – did you watch Fargo? Yes, of course. It, it's like – did you watch a TV show? or just? Uh, I, I never watched a TV show, no. Okay. You will love the TV show. If you're bored on Amazon Prime, watch the Fargos because they are brilliant, Joe. Yeah. But it's kind of that. It's like, oh, hey, you know uh, – uh, Bad things happen to good people all the time. Maybe you, you're like, oh my god! And then someone's getting shot. That's like, wait, are you are you threatening me? I'm not. I'm not really following. It's really funny because they talk in that what you call that Minnesota nice. Yeah, um, yeah. And a lot of it's shot in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, or oh, the film. The film Minnesota. was yeah. Um, so it, it's funny. That's why I don't know why they call it Fargo because it's in Minnesota, but which is, you know, not North Dakota. But it's really funny how the people in there talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's like the nicest threats of all time. But they are serious. Yeah. Like, hey, pal, maybe you should walk this way. Huh? 
And if they don't walk that way, Joe, bad shit happens. Yeah, welcome to Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, so if you, if you hear our, our prime minister, uh, I say our, but, uh, you know, my prime minister is a Canadian saying enough's enough. You know, we really want you to stay inside and we prefer it that way. That is like a that's a threat, man. The, the hammer's about to come down. Yeah, yeah. Um, You're going to have the Mounties outside. Yeah, you know, people people in red suits riding you see a moose kick your front door down like. yeah, with a bat and a club yeah it's, it's, it's not like a like a, like a friendly lovable mountie like brendan fraser or w. <laughs> so that's what the, that's what they want you to think bobby that's what they want you to think you know joe our our entire northern defense against the russians is four mounties and a snow machine just so you know <laughs> Because uh. <laughs> no one's going over the North Pole. That's that's no. a, like thing. There's like the last the last bastion. Yeah. So, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to support us during this time, uh, support ten thousand ten thousand dot cc. Uh, that's spelled with letters, not numbers. Go there. Use the code Maximus fifteen. Get yourself some gear. Uh, Lalo Tactical L A L O dot com. Use the code Maximus fifty for fifty percent off right now. And. Um, uh, get them get maximusmindset.com it's a great course to help your psychology and of course join the inner circle uh, we got a great community everyone's supporting each other during this time giving each other workout ideas uh, keeping each other company um, it'll be the best $24.99 a month that you ever spend I can promise you that but if you guys want more topics because we've just been riffing lately we are uh, running out of stuff to talk about so if you guys <laughs> are, us, are we really <laughs> well, we can talk forever but if you like this randomized format of us just talking please tell us uh, we want feedback so email joe j-o-e at uh, j-o-e-c-e-b-u-l-a dot com or you bobby at bobbymaximus.com hit it does he have an email? Can we have him send it to uh, send it you to the Weebster? You want to Mr. Bancor House? Uh-huh. Do you know what I want? Uh-huh. I want Joe Rogan download numbers on our podcast. It's not going to happen today, so you need to uh-huh. chill. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, just because you raise your voice at me doesn't mean you're going to get it. I don't respond well to bullies. No, I want just you wait, everybody. As soon as the microphone's off, Weebs is going to get exactly what he wants. <laughs> yeah, we're going to build. We're going to build some Legos here. But um, yeah, you can email me Bobby at bobbymaximus.com or you can DM us. But any topics you want us to tackle, we have the time and are dedicated to. Uh, I know we both want to help people during this time. Yeah, and and at the very least, if we can keep you entertained, I figure we're doing something. You know, yeah. so. Um, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will see you next episode probably tomorrow. This year,